Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and normally how we do it, I would read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. But on tonight, I'm not going to read a poem because we have a special guest. A returning guest, to be exact, Mr. R.J. Welcome. Hello. So, on tonight, Mr. R.J., let's talk about why we chose abstinence. So, if you don't mind, could you tell us your story and why you chose abstinence? Well, thank you for having me on your show again, and I appreciate you for inviting me back, my love. You're very welcome. And so, uh, so I, back when I, I'm 51 years old now, but when I was in my 20s, uh, I was seeing a young lady, both was in college, uh, she cheated on me uh, midway through our years in college. And I had chose to, after that, she had gotten pregnant. And luckily the child was not mine. Uh, and after that incident, I chose to, uh, to be abstinent and to give total, my total life to Christ. And so I started following God. And, and, uh, and for almost two years, uh, it was in 90, that happened in 95. Uh, yeah, 96, and I was at a church uh, that was non-denominational. I won't call out the name of the church, but uh, I was a part of a men's ministry as well. <clears throat> and at that time, I had decided to, when I chose to be abstinent, I had decided to uh, set a goal for myself. And I said, if I can abstain for a year... I'm going to do X. And then after the second year, I'm going to do X. So I ended up abstaining for two years. And in that year's time, I ended up buying me a, a, a ring to celebrate my uh, celibacy. And in doing that, the guys made me accountable that I was in the group with. They made me accountable. And so... Uh, and I stuck to the, the to my goal of being abstinence for a year. And so I told the guys, I said, now what I'm going to do is be abstinent for another year and I'm going to pray for a wife. And so then I, I was 26 when that happened. By the time I hit 20, 28, uh, I had prayed for a wife, but I was still uh, practicing abstinence. And I did meet somebody who was older, but it did not translate to marriage. And so, so while abstaining, I was in college trying to finish up my associate's degree. And so I focused merely on school. And during that second year, I focused on school. And so I went, ended up going four years abstinent and totally focused on school. And I graduated uh, in 2001, with an associate's degree uh, from a community college, 
And um, so, did you have um, the True Love weights ring? Had you heard of that before? No, I didn't have that. So you just went and bought you just a ring, like yeah. a. Yeah, I still have that ring to this day. Oh, that's that's amazing. Still have that ring to this day, and and so I I will say that. It's a good thing to abstain and to focus on God as a man because you get to learn about yourself. You do have the desires. I don't want to say I didn't have the desires because I did. I struggled from time to time, but I, I tried my best to uh, sustain myself and I got active. With me being in school, I, I really couldn't be too active sexually because I had to I had to study. Focus on your studies. Focus on studying. And sometimes I'd be up until sometime 2, 3 o'clock in the morning trying to study and get my lessons together so I can pass exams and stuff like that. So I really didn't have time for a relationship. And I had lady friends, but I just didn't have time to indulge in engaging in relationships or sex. And I just learned about me as a man and Did I you learned, get stronger over time? Over the over the third to fourth year, I I, I was much stronger as a man because I knew that there was not something that I my body needed. Okay, and, so what would you say to people that are practicing abstinence? Um, like, what are three things that you would tell them in terms of what they should focus on? Um, while they're abstinent. Let's say they just got out of a terrible relationship. Um, I could attest to that personally. Um, I'm trying to think like what caused me to actually start my journey once again. Um, one thing I can say, just listening to you, you haven't been abstinent from the time that you, you know, from way back then. Um, I, I know that you've been married a couple of times. However, you are familiar with the road of being abstinence, correct? That's correct. Okay, and then so as far as, let's say that someone is a repeat abstinence person, um, what would you suggest when while they're on the journey and they're taking the journey, what would you suggest in turn, especially, let's say to the men, because I think I pretty much talk to the women a lot, but as far as men, if a man is listening to you and he's just like, you know what? I'm really tired of sleeping around. I'm really tired of being with Sue on Monday and Janet on Wednesday and whoever else on Thursday and Friday. And I really pretty much just want to go ahead and purge myself. Um, what would you suggest to him or what kind of advice would you give to him? If he was just now starting his journey of being abstinent. Now, first thing, if he's, uh, we'll just say it, if he has a sex addiction, I tell him he needs to look at certain books, start reading certain books. And I have a, a book called Faithful and True that talks about how to work on your sex uh, issues. That would be the first thing I would say. But at the same time, the author? Uh, we need to get that book out. So. Okay. Because so they want can, to know the author too, so I, can, so I can so I can get the author's name. Okay, it's okay. Just so, so, I guess. So I just faithful faithful and true is the name of the is the name of the book. I'll okay. see if I can get the author before we close. But uh, the next thing is, I would say, find your purpose. Find your purpose, because when I abstained, 
my purpose was school. Yeah. And my purpose was to graduate. So I purposely set my mind on focusing on getting out of school. And that's what I did. My second thing was God. Yeah. I focused on God. I built my relationship with God instead of with a woman. Right. I built it with God so that I could become one with him so I can listen to him better and so that I can uh, excel in areas where I know God was going to be able to help me. And truth be told, God helped me. I got favor in a lot of different areas. Stuff happened in college that shouldn't have happened. I came out with no loans, student loans. I paid for my schooling out of my monies that I made. And so he so, ordered your footsteps. So he ordered my footsteps. And then I focused on work. I tried to, I was at home with my, my father. So my father allowed me to stay home with at his house mm -hmm. while I was in school. So I was able to save money. So those three things I would say, focus on your purpose, <clears throat> focus on God and put your money up, stack your money up. So come a rainy day, you'll be able to, to, to do some things. When you're dating, you're spending your money on uh, movies, taking trips, buying her stuff. Whereas you can take that money and put this stuff on you. And that way you can you can see if you want to buy if you want to take a personal trip, then you got money stashed away where you can you can celebrate your celibacy by taking a trip from all the money you put back. If you got four thousand dollars saved and you've abstained for a year or two years, then you say, you know what, I'm gonna take myself to Hawaii. So then you got money saved up and you focused on your purpose. You focused on God, and now you focused on doing something for yourself. So now you got money saved, so you can take a trip to Hawaii, Cancun, Bahamas, or whatever by yourself if you want to. If you want to go with your boys or even lady friends that you're not intimate with, then you can do all that stuff. So <clears throat> I did little stuff like that. I didn't take any trips, but I did little stuff like that too. You celebrated yourself. Celebrated myself. The milestones. Yeah. That's awesome. I I do. So hope one one thing. So if you're not trying to live for Christ <laughs> and God is not the center focus, then you need to find a passion in your life that uh, that will fulfill you. If you're not focusing on God and that's not uh, a focus, then you find your purpose. And then if it's something you like to do, like art or writing or music, then do that as a, as a secondary focus. And if, if you can't save money, then find something with your health. Get your health together. Maybe go and join a gym and start working on your health. So those are things that you can do uh, if you're not focusing on God. Just find things, other things you can do that to kind of keep you uh, focused on yourself and just really overall getting yourself together. So, so it's sort of like eliminating your distractions. So, um, that is something I remember for me that, um, and I wasn't even practicing abstinence at that time. I think it was by default at that season of my life. But I did take a trip for a whole week by myself. And one of the things that I discovered in doing that, a lot of times we have a, I, and I heard someone say this before, he was like, don't ziplock your life. 
And he was like, what he meant by that is that a lot of times what people tend to do whenever they're operating and their singleness, they try to zip lock things that they would like to do once they get in a relationship or once they get married. And so it's like they're putting their life on hold for all of the ifs and those ifs may not come to pass. So then you look up and you've zip locked your life. You've zip locked those moments where you could have been building memories of learning yourself and building memories of being with yourself and kind of like having that um, confidence within yourself or that confidence in Christ, depending on, like you said, if, you know, you're someone who, um, you know, believes in God or not. But so, yeah, I think that that's actually very wise um, advice, truth be told, because a lot of times when people are operating abstinence, they don't even know why they're doing it. Like for me, I know a couple of times that I have operated in abstinence, it was by default, like I said, it wouldn't like I wanted to do it. It just kind of, I just wasn't having sex. Um, but this most recent vow, it was more or less for me to get rid of all of the past relationships because I did not want to have my future affected by my past. Like I didn't want it to be a situation where I'm making comparisons and I'm doing all these extra things that were unnecessary. Like I truly want my future to appreciate that there is no comparison. I'm I'm not comparing him to anyone at all. And so um, I think that that's something that's important. And I feel like when you're abstinent, you get a chance to purge yourself from your past. Um, And then you also get to find out what it is that you why you made the decisions that you made, you know, like, why is it that you were in certain relationships that maybe were unhealthy or why it is that you were not making yourself a priority? And, you know, you get a chance to really look deep within. So I feel like abstinence is good for the soul, truth be told. Agree. I really do. So, um, so as far as when you, because you said you started this process of being familiar with abstinence when you were in college, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, was it easier the second time or the third time? Did it ever get? Does it ever get easier? So let's say that you, you know, because you, like I said, you know, you you had relationships and so um did it get easier the next time that you had to practice abstinence did you go right back to okay lord i'm just gonna focus on you now you know did your agenda change how did it look let's do it like that how did it look the first time that you practice abstinence versus the second third fourth you know how did how did it look do you think that you matured more in those areas or do you think that how do you, you know, how was your experience or how is your experience with the whole abstinence thing? Well, yes, I've been in a couple of uh, relationships mm-hmm. and in those relationships, those women were Christians. Mm-hmm. So they would ask that we not be engaging in sex. So then I honored that. And so when they would stop, I would stop. Mm-hmm. But when we stopped, we stopped. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would say it was kind of harder for me in the, those other times. Um, my focus was different. Ooh, That's, I just came up with another question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean so to interrupt you. My, my focus was different, and uh, I didn't focus so much on my purpose. I focused on other stuff that was not... Uh, 
that was not healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say that to say that I got into porn. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't physically engaging in intercourse, mm-hmm. I was my eyes, the imagination, and, and imagination, and my hands mm-hmm. was active. Mm-hmm. So then I was actively doing that, but mm-hmm. not actively physically doing it. Right. So, so in that instance, I had to work on my eye gates. So do you I think that to, tanks relationships? It can affect them. It can affect uh, a man in uh, both the relationship and both the man and the woman mm-hmm. in, a, in a real sense. Because that's it's almost like cheating on mm-hmm. your your man or your woman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you speak to that? Because there's a lot of people in this on this planet. I know a few people personally who truly believe that if they're watching porn or reading a um, sexually enhanced novel, that they're not cheating on their spouse. Not understanding that the imagination is a powerful thing. Um, so, can you speak to that in terms of how you believe engaging in? Because in a sense, that is kind of like an extramarital act because it's outside of the marriage realm. It's something that you're inviting into the relationship, but it may not may not necessarily be condoned by your you know, spouse. So in a sense, in my perspective, from my view, that would be considered an extramarital affair. But it's a lot of people that don't look at it like that. So from your perspective. How were your views when you were engaging in this? So in the relationships I I was in, I could see how it affected. uh, I will say I was married twice. So I could see how that affected my uh, conversation. I affected my emotional connection with my back then spouses uh, and I also saw how it affected me socially because then you find yourself withdrawing and finding yourself doing that and coming home from work and withdrawing into your bedroom looking at porn Mm -hmm. so that can affect you mentally emotionally physically and it can also cause you to become uh, impotent or have erectile issues and so uh, so when I looked at my behavior I looked at how it affected those persons I was with and recognized that I needed to get some help in it and I eventually got some help and the faithful and true was from a from a group that I was in in, in another city in Texas uh, a men's group that was focusing on sex addiction and so it helped me understand my my issues from the past when I was a kid on up until a teenager and a young adult years. So so those things you have to kind of look at. What is this? Where did this stem from? What, what? Why am I doing it now? And you just have to you have to work on you, and you have to get you some counseling. Mm-hmm. I know men don't like to do counseling, but counseling can help out a man in in more ways than one, especially in in a relationship. So um, so it's imperative to get the the help that you need so you can be better. But your eye gates, that's one thing I will say. 
when I would when I was in my twenties, when I would see a woman who was fine, I would focus on my mission, school, especially if I was on campus. I would look and I just say, okay, just keep your eyes forward, and then just focus on where I needed to get to. And if I was seated somewhere and somebody passed me by, a young lady passed me by, then I'd focus on what I was reading and sometimes be praying. Okay, God, help me not to look. Help me keep my lust under control. Help me keep my eye gates focused on what I'm doing and on you. And sometimes I read my scriptures just so I can get myself together. So those are some things that uh, I did. But I will say this. If, you, if you're in a relationship where you're indulging in sex and you're married and you, and you happen upon porn, get your spouse or your loved one and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this. You might have to look, sit down and show them what you're looking at. But at the same time as you're discussing that stuff, you may have to say, hey, I want to practice some of these things that I'm seeing. And way when I was younger, I would practice. I would sometimes look at porn just so I could learn how to be use techniques. Not saying that you should do that. I'm not saying that you should be doing porn like that. But if you are struggling, then you need to have a conversation with your mate and say, you know what? I would like for us to do some of these types of things. Can we? So that that person that you're with can help you. Take you from looking at porn by probably getting creative in, in the bedroom. At the same time, if you're struggling with, with abstaining, then again, you need to go get you some counseling. And counseling can also be godly counseling. A lot of times people try to go to a professional right. um, to get counseling. But the truth of the matter is, if you're dealing with a fleshly issue, um, getting godly counseling may be the best thing. Because sometimes those fleshly counselors will lead you right back into the lion's den and call it help. And it's really not. It's making the situation worse. Um, but one thing that I recognized in your conveying all of this is that there was there's a difference. There's a difference when we personally initiate abstinence and then when someone else pushes abstinence on us. Would you agree? That's correct. And so one of the things that I've recognized is that when I have operated in abstinence out of choice versus someone forcing it on me for, let's say, religious beliefs or whatever the case may be, um, or even relationship wise, what I've recognized is that I'm more successful when I'm the one initiating the reason why I'm going down this path of abstinence as opposed to someone forcing me or pushing that on me, you know, pushing that belief on me in a sense, putting their conscience on me. Um, and so if you are a person that is considering being abstinent, what I would first of all strongly recommend is to count up the cost because you are going to be tempted. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. You're going to be tempted. Yeah, strongly. And, yeah, you're going to be tempted. So the only way, in my opinion, um, that you can be successful when practicing abstinence is to know your end game, is to know why it is that you're practicing abstinence, is to know what the objective is. Um, if you have a desire to, like I said earlier, purge yourself from your past, then, you know, that to me would require doing some work, some some true work on yourself to be like, what is it within me that is drawing the wrong type of people? 
how is it that I can reframe this so that that way I don't fall into that same trap again, or I could at least have discernment in this area. And the next time someone similar presents themselves or a familiar spirit presents itself, I'll know how to rebuke it because I've done the work. Um, doing the work, I believe, is, is very important. And what I've also come to realize is that you can continue to do the work even when you enter into a relationship. Right. So that is something that we have witnessed firsthand. That's right. I adore you. Yeah, I adore you too. And you know I do. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so yes, yeah. you can continue to do yeah. the work. Yeah. Even once you enter into a relationship. So that is something that um, don't believe the hype, so to speak. A lot of times, you know, one person's testimony is going to be different than somebody else's. Make sure that when you're on this journey, that you're on this journey for self, not for people pleasing, not for religious reasons. You know what well, could be, but don't let that be, you know, at the end of the day, even if it is for religious reasons, you need to be the main reason why you're doing it. And so um, to heal, I strongly recommend abstinence when it comes to healing because matters of the heart are real. And so if you take the time out to do the work, heal, put God first. And for the people that don't know how to put God first or don't want to put God first, I can't attest to that because, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I can't attest to that. I, I can't really speak all that part. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I hope that this has encouraged someone. I really do hope that it has uplifted someone. If you have any questions, please seek, again, godly counsel. If you don't believe in God, then yes, seek a professional. Um, but yeah, if you there's a couple of things that RJ touched on. He touched on the fact that if you do have a porn addiction, please get help. He also touched on the fact that if you are with a spouse, make sure that you are as transparent as you can be with that spouse so that they can help you in your areas of weakness. One of the blessings, I believe, when it comes to being in a purpose driven relationship is that iron truly can sharpen iron. So where one person is weak and if the other person is strong in that area, you can help each other. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're both strong in that area. And so um, it, it's all about how you choose to convey your truth. Um, and when you are sharing your truth with your, with your spouse, try to be mindful of how you deliver your truth, because that I also believe plays an important role if you are trying to if you if you make this spouse feel guilty for feeling some type of way that you have exposed your proclivity then that could actually create even more friction in your relationship so if you're gonna speak your truth just be mindful that your spouse may not be receptive of your truth initially give them the grace just like you are requiring the grace in order for you all to come to some type of mutual agreement of how you can conquer this demon together. That's right. And so, um, yes. So I just want to say that if you're married, don't try to, don't abstain in your marriage and not give your now. spouse relations. Come on now. For whatever reason, if you're mad at them, I don't care what it is. Yeah. You don't get married to somebody to, to abstain. Right. I've been in a marriage where I was married and was abstinent for over two years. That's not healthy right. for nobody. 
And if you're going to do that to your spouse. And you health need, is not an issue because sometimes people do it yeah. because they're, it has nothing to do with health. They're just doing it to be mean. Yeah, yeah, you go. And, and if, you, if you're going to do that to your spouse, then you need to look at separation and divorce because that's not healthy. God didn't call marriage for you to be abstinent with your spouse. We're talking about being abstinent as a single individual, yes. not in a marriage. Correct. So be mindful. If you're married and you're doing that to your spouse... You might want to repent. Uh, need to repent, but you need to really, really, really look at yourself. And you need to ask yourself some serious questions because yes. that ain't healthy. I'm, 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 I'm a testament to that. And you, and if your spouse went out there and cheated on you, you oh, why are you doing all of that? Well, if you're not doing your part, then you got to be mindful. His eye gates are going to get stronger at looking at women or the woman going to be looking at a man. It's going, it's going to get stronger. Or the man and, could be looking at a man. Yeah, that too. And then his desires are going to get strong. And next thing you know, they're over there doing what they shouldn't be doing. So don't do that to your spouse. We just really are talking about singleness with people that are single. But please don't do that in a marriage. And a woman can be looking at a woman. You know, I know times have changed. Yeah. And I know what well, ain't, ain't really changed. It's been like that since the... But anyway. So, um, but yeah, it's... Be mindful if you're going to pretty much what RJ is saying is that if you are a person that knows that you have a very low set, a very low sex drive, make sure you articulate that to your spouse while you're engaged so that they can count up the cost of whether or not they want to enter into a union with you, knowing that your sex drive is low, because then once you enter into that relationship and you become so-called the two become one and once you become married if you have a low sex drive and your spouse has a high sex drive you may be creating an atmosphere of infidelity that's right and that's just the best way to oh, put it I, I love you for saying that and another thing if you got hormonal issues like testosterone go get yourself checked out as a man because that could cause some problems too you abstain and, and don't know why and next thing you know it's your 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 testosterone low so get yourself checked out. Yes, ladies, you know. get your pap smears. Yeah. Men, get yourselves tested. That's it. So prostate, uh, get your prostate yes. checked out. All that stuff. It don't sound pretty, but please, right? Get yourself, <laughs> get yourself checked out. So I hope that y'all have enjoyed this episode on tonight, mm. this evening, mm. this afternoon, morning, whenever it is that you hear this mm. podcast. And babe, can I close with this? Yes. Well, I'm going to do the closing. Yeah, I know you're going to close. You can say something else. But I just want to say that, you know, when when God was calling me to abstain, he talked to me. (laughs) Oh, here you go with And he said, RJ, I need you to abstain from sex (laughs) and focus on me, only me. And I said, okay, where's that voice coming from? (laughs) It's me, God. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, God, I will focus <laughs> on you. Okay, that's good to know, RJ. I'm going to fade out now. Oh, Lord. Okay, so if y'all remember, if y'all remember the first time that he came on, now this is his part two. So, <laughs> I do want to take the time to thank you for gracing us with your presence, RJ. And until next time, y'all, please do me a huge favor And take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. 
and guest, RJ. Y'all have a blessed one. Thank you. Bye. Take care.